Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Baruch Hashem. We are continuing today to read from this holy book, the holy books from the students of the Baal Shem Tov Akadosh, and we're learning the second part of this um, words of the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. Alav Shalom, may peace be upon him. The book that was written by Rabbi Abraham Azulai, um, the righteous man known and famous righteous man and um, we're going to continue reading about it so we learned a little bit about um, yesterday about how Moshe was born and the decrees and judgments that were in Egypt before uh, the days he was born and uh, and that's it and now we're continuing in the third year to the um, birth of Moshe Rabbeinu when he was three years old and like we said he was adopted by Batya the daughter of Pharaoh um, and Pharaoh is sitting to his table to eat and his lady is sitting to his right the queen and Batya his daughter to his left and his ministers and slaves are sitting in front of him and the kid that is Moshe, is sitting with Batya, the daughter of the king. Why is she called Batya? Batya is the daughter of Yah, and Yah is one of the names of Hashem. So Batya, the daughter of Hashem. So why Bat Paro, the daughter of Pharaoh, is being called Batya? It's written that when she came to the Nile to wash, her intention was to wash from the idol worshipping in the house of her father. So basically she converted to Judaism. She converted to join the people of Israel and therefore she came to the Nile, to the Yeor, to purify. And that was the time that her name was changed from the first name that she had, that she was the daughter of Pharaoh, to Bat. Yeah, to the daughter of Hashem. Vayoshet hanar et yado, so the kid, it's Moshe, reached his hand, sent his hand, and took the crown from the head of the king and put it on his head. Suddenly, that little three years old kid is grabbing the crown of Pharaoh and putting it on top of his own head. The king was very scared and the ministers as well and they were wondering one to the other, how can it be? And then Bilam, the black magician, one of the ministers of the king and his advisors said, is my master the king remember the dream that you dreamt and that your slave solved to you so Bilam was that person that minister who so solved the dream to Pharaoh back then we learned about it yesterday in the other class the first class about from this book so he told him that there's going to be a child from Israel that will destroy the kingship of Egypt and will um, and will and will take their, their them out of Egypt. They will redeem the, the Israeli people. You should know, my king, that this kid is from the Hebrews. He belongs to the Hebrews. 
and the Spirit of his God is in him, and from his own wisdom he did that thing that he just did, that he have done, that he took your crown, and he will be the one to destroy Egypt. It's not an innocent thing that he just did, it was on purpose, and he took your crown to show you that he will destroy Egypt. Now, my king, you should immediately command to take the head of that kid off. And the king liked that idea, and all his supporters and ministers agreed with Bilam. And then Hashem, the Creator, sent the angel Gavriel. And the angel Gavriel seemed like one of the ministers of the king and his supporters. And he told the king, My master, the king, that advice is not a good thing. You cannot kill an innocent person for no reason. Because that kid does not have no knowledge. He's a little kid. He does not know what he's doing. Please command to bring a precious stone in front of him and also bring coals of fire. If you will see that the kid will reach to take the precious stone, so it will be known that he is a wise kid and then you should kill him and we will judge him in a trial. But if he will reach his hand to take the coal, we will see definitely that he does not have no wisdom and we will exempt him from this punishment. All the advisors and the wise um, ministers of Pharaoh said it's a good idea, agreed with the angel Gabriel. And they brought the good stone in front of him and the coal of fire. Of course, the kid wanted to take the good stone, but the angel put, pushed his hand to take the coal and brought it to his mouth and it touched his lips and a little part of his tongue was burned. And immediately he became kvad pe u kvad lashon. His mouth became heavy and his tongue became heavy. And for that reason, he was saved. So you see in the verse in the Bible, it's written that Moshe was kvad peh kvad lashon. That was that his mouth was heavy and that his tongue was heavy. It means that it was hard for him to talk. And it all happened because of this situation that happened in his childhood. That the angel Gabriel saved Moshe's life by forcing him against his will to take the burning coal of fire and uh, to show by that that he was not as wise as he really was. And then the king, after that time, the king was advising with all his advisors what we should do to the house of Israel, to the people of Israel, that they are multiplying each day, they're growing. So his wife told him, you should do whatever you like because the land belongs to you. And Bil'am said to the king, the king, you should know that that nation, all their actions are evil and sneaky and doing things behind your back. 
They are the children of Yaakov, their father, and he himself was doing things against his brother Esav without his brother knowing about it. And he took the Bechorah, Esav was elder in age, and Yaakov took the blessings from him because he knew the nature of Esav that he was evil. And he knew that his father Yitzchak was not in 100% um, clear sight to see the actions of Esav because Esav was cheating um, Yitzchak. And his mother, their mother Rivka, told Yaakov to take the blessings from Yitzchak before Esav will come to get them. So... On that story, Bil'am, the evil person, says about the nation of Israel that they are all wicked, God forbid, and that they, um, like their father Yaakov, took things behind the back of Esav, even though Esav was corrupted and evil. And he took um, his blessing and cheat his father and took the blessing from him and ran away to Lavan. And Lavan gave him two, his two daughters to be his wives, Rachel and Leah. And he took his um, animals, the goats and, uh, and, and, and sheep, and all his family and ran away. That is the story about Yaakov that Bil'am here obviously is twisting the true story that Lavan was the cheater and liar and he himself tried to take advantage of Yaakov and cheat him and lie to him so many times in so many ways and in the end when Yaakov took a small amount of what that he was really deserved to get and only his wives and children mainly came with him and ran away to save his life from the hands of Lavan. Then Lavan blamed him for kidnapping his daughters, even though that his daughters went from goodwill, and kidnapping his grandchildren, even though that they were Yaakov's children, and of course that the children will come with their father and not, will not stay in the house of the grandfather. And Lavan was trying to find things, maybe Yaakov uh, stolen something from him, maybe someone took something, and he looked through all his bags and all his cargo, and he could not find even one pin, one needle, nothing. Think about a family with children, four wives that were wives of Yaakov, the two daughters of Lavan, that are Leah and Rachel, and the two um, female um, maids Bilha and Zilpa, and all the children of Yaakov from those four women were his children. Think about a huge family, four wives, many children, all live in the house of their grandparents like family, and when they go out, they did not take anything. How can it be that a kid will not take like a book or a pin or an, a nail or or a box or, or, or any vessel or a, a pen or like something small? Wouldn't you like find like, oh, by mistake, sorry, oh. 
we didn't know it's yours, we forgot. Like they lived there for 14 years. And when Lavan himself looked into the bags and their cargoes of all the children, of all the women, of Yaakov himself, he could not find even one pin. One needle he could not find. That's how clean Yaakov was in money. And he for sure was not a thief and for sure did not take anything that was not belongs to him. But Bil'am, like all the haters of Israel, talking Lashonara, bad things about Israel with no problem, just filling his mouth with lies, filling the ears of his listeners with lies, and talking bad things about Yitzchak now. Yitzchak, their father, the father of Yaakov, he lived in Grar, and he failed the people of that place on his wife to say she's my sister. And took all their goodness and their money and went again, a lie, another lie. Yitzchak was scared and afraid that the people of Grar will kill his wife because that was their custom to kill the husbands and to take the wives. And he just protected himself by saying that he is her brother. And on that he's saying that Yitzchak was evil, just trying to save his life. And as well, the children of Yaakov did to Shechem and to Chamor that they told them to circumcise. And when they circumcised, so in the third day they came on them when they were hurt and killed them all with their swords and took their properties. Another lie, no problem. We know how to deal with, uh, with uh, fake news. We're able to deal with filth that goes on in, uh, in, 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 the, in the media, no problem. We're used to all those nonsense and imaginations. And about uh, Shechem ben Chamor, Shechem, the son of Chamor, he raped Dina, the daughter of Yaakov. And after he raped her and kidnapped her and was refusing to let her go, the brothers of Dina, um, Shimon and Levi decided to revenge the insulting of their sister and of their father. And even though that it was against the will of Yaakov, because Yaakov was not into that kind of revenge, Shimon and Levi took their swords in the third day and revenged and released their sister and brought her back home. And this is simple thing that we should do to save our sisters and our brothers from their prisons and no one regrets on that act. And now Bil'am is saying to Pharaoh, if you will listen to my voice, don't kill them in sword because they might fight back. You just need to make them trouble, troubled to make more harsh decrees that their life will be so hard on them that they will lose hope and will fall to despair on their own. That evil idea was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his slaves. So Jethro from Midian, that was also one of the ministers of the king Pharaoh, said to the king, My king, you should know that everyone who fights with the people of Israel will never be clean. It's a known thing. Haven't you heard that? What happened to the first Pharaoh that took Sarah, the wife of Abraham? And did you saw 
What did you hear? What happened to the same king that tried to take the wife of Yitzchak? Did you saw and heard what happened to the four kings who tried to kidnap the son of the brother of Avraham? Did you saw what happened to Lavan? There was no person ever that tried to fight with the people of Israel and went out clean. The king Pharaoh was upset and angry on Jethro from Midian and told him, Go, go to your place. I don't want to see you here anymore. He rejected Jethro's advice and sent Jethro back to Midian to his place. After Hashem saved the kid Moshe and the Egyptians did not kill him, he lived in the house of the king, dressed with royal garments and a precious stone on his head like a crown, and all the ministers of Egypt were respecting him. After 15 years that he grew up, that Moshe grew up in the house of Pharaoh, he wanted to see the face of his father and his mother, and he saw their sorrow. He went out from the palace to see his parents, and he saw how much they're suffering. And then he saw an Egyptian man that was hitting a Hebrew person from his own brothers. And when he saw that person that was hitten um, by the Egyptian, Moshe ran towards him to help him because Moshe was honored and respectful in the house of Pharaoh. So that poor Hebrew person told him, my master, because that's how he felt about Moshe, because Moshe was one of the people of the palace, so he respected him. He didn't know who he was exactly, basically. And he told him, my master, this Egyptian man came to my house tonight. He tied me with a rope and, f and raped and forced my wife in front of my eyes. And now... He wanted to kill me as well. He started beating me for no reason after raping my wife yesterday night in front of my house, in front of my eyes in my own house. When Moshe heard that horrible thing, he looked to the sides and saw that there was no man. There are two explanations on that. First explanation by the simple words of the verse that he looked to the sides to see that no one can see what he's doing. He saw that there was no one there. But in the scripts of Kabbalah, it's written that Moshe was looking to the sides means to different generations. He looked deep into the generations that are about to come out from that Egyptian person. To see if there's going to be someone that will be useful. Someone that will be a good person. And he saw that there was no man there. He saw that all his children in the future will be evil. And what he, do, what he did, what did he do? He hit the Egyptian man and saved the Hebrew person from under his hands. So... Because he saw that in the future, future generations there will be no 
good soul coming out of him and only evil people were about to come out from him in the future. There was no reason to keep him alive and he hit him. Moshe came back to the house of the king and the Hebrew person came back to his house. When he came back to his house, he thought that he needs to divorce his wife. trying to understand what's written here. Okay, so that man thought that the right thing to do was to divorce his wife and not to be with her after that the Egyptian person was with her. And she was upset and said, and she went to her brother to her brothers and they wanted to kill her husband. So suddenly a war started between the people of Israel. The brothers of the poor woman wanted to revenge their sister's insulting and he, and he started to run away. In the next day, Moshe came out to his brothers and saw how much they're suffering. And then he saw two people fighting and arguing and one of them wanted to hit his brother so he asked him why are you hitting your friend why are you hitting your brother who put you to be a minister and a judge no so Moshe asked that person why are you hitting your brother so that person stood up against Moshe and told him who put you to be a minister and a judge uh, 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 among us. Do you want to kill me like you killed that Egyptian? So we see now that among the people of Israel there were people that were not good. Some of the people of Israel misbehaved and behaved not well at all, were evil, were not polite. Just for you to know, 80% of the people of Israel died in the plague of darkness in Egypt. Only 10% of the righteous people came out from Egypt, being redeemed by Moshe. So people started to talk and the rumor expanded. And Pharaoh heard about that thing that Moshe killed an Egyptian soldier. So Pharaoh wanted to kill Moshe and set the order to the executor to kill Moshe, but the sword was not able to kill Moshe. There was a miracle by God, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by Hashem, that the neck of Moshe became strong as marble stone. And that is why when Eliezer, the son of Moshe, was born, Moshe said, I will call him Eliezer. The meaning of the word Eliezer is Eliezer, my God helped me, is helping me. Because the God of my father was helping me, Moshe said. So it was on that story that God saved Moshe by a miracle that his neck became hard as a marble stone. And on that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, told Moshe, when Moshe 
in the beginning refused to go and redeem the people of Israel because he was uh, he was he did not believe in himself that he was a worthy leader to lead Am Israel, the people of Israel. So Hashem told him, "Shelachna beyad tishlach." You should send in the hand of the sender. What does it mean? That Hakadosh Baruch Hu told him, "Who put the mouth to the man? Who taught you to speak when you were uh, judged in front of Pharaoh?" on the case of the Egyptian or who put a silent person that he was not able, Pharaoh was like a silent person, mute, that was not able to talk, that he did not put all his effort to kill you or a deaf person, that his servants were like deaf, they, that they did not listen to his commandment to follow after you and kill you no matter what. Who made them blind that they did not see you when you ran away from the capital and ran away out of Egypt? And God did that thing, and it was another wonder to save Moshe. And God sent the angel Michael, the minister of the armies of heavens, in the figure of the head of executors and he in his sword executed the minister of executors of Egypt because his shape was looked like the shape of Moshe. So people that looked at the real Egyptian executor thought it was Moshe and Michael the angel that seemed to them as the minister of executors killed him with his sword. And the angel held the hand of Moshe, the real Moshe, and took him out of Egypt and put him in the border of Egypt three days walking from the city. That was the second part from this holy book and the stories about Moshe Rabenu Alav HaShalom. May he rest in peace and his blessing be upon us. Amen. with me close your eyes just breathe see the truth don't chase the fake world don't buy the fake news be yourself your own true self don't let no one take our natural wealth see the good no fear no despair cherish who that you are and share source of power from an endless spring light up courage they can kick you down to the ground Hold yourself up till you are put up your crown King of the Creator, Holy Soul inside Focus on the spiritual